Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. here this morning in the building or joining us online, I want to encourage you to uh, go ahead and find the book of Galatians. That's where we're going to be this morning, Galatians chapter 3. And I do feel like I need to warn you just a little bit as we get into this today, because there are passages, there are topics that pastors uh, that everyone gets excited about. And uh, this morning, I am not sure that that is this passage or this topic, okay? So I'm warning you ahead of time, uh, because you will see in just a minute, in our passage this morning, Paul begins to talk about the law, the Old Testament law. And I, I know that many of you live for reading those first five books of the Bible, right? You love those, uh, read them frequently. I know many of you have probably read through the Bible in a year before, and so you've experienced the spiritual uh, turmoil that when you get to those numbers Deuteronomy books that, that can trip you up there. But uh, the Old Testament is full of some tough stuff. It's pretty heavy. It's tedious. There is a lot of this law in there. There's over 600 commandments that the people of Israel are taught to keep in this Old Testament. But this morning, our passage actually comes from the New Testament. And in it, Paul begins to talk about this law and what it was for, why it was given. And he talks about its limitations and maybe where the law failed or where people failed as they tried to meticulously follow it. But then he talks about Jesus and and the way of faith that Jesus came to bring and how when Jesus shows up, it changes everything. It not only changes how we view the law, but ultimately how, as followers of Christ, we see the world and how we see others. And so this morning, if you stick with me, I promise we are going to look at the law, but I promise we'll get past that. And by the end, we're going to see how when Jesus arrives, something pretty incredible happens, not only to the law, but also to us as we participate in the way of faith that he came to bring. And so with that warning in place this morning, I do want to invite you, if you're able, to stand with me as we read from the Apostle Paul in Galatians here in chapter 3. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, so if it sounds a little bit different, that's why. Uh, but this is Galatians three, twenty-three through 29. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is always, thanks be to God. You may be seated this morning. 
So we are talking about this Old Testament law just a little bit this morning, but of course we know that the Bible isn't the only place where we find the law, right? We still live in a society that is full of laws and regulations. And we have gone through a pandemic year where we've introduced some new laws and regulations to help us fight this virus. And so whether it's the pandemic or just life in general, we have these these rules for living life. And we don't always enjoy restrictions, do we? We don't like being told what we can and can't do. But I I know that there's some some of you, I'm leaving the possibility open, that some of you may prefer anarchy. But I think the majority of some of you are looking at your your significant others really mischievously right now. Um, but I would say that even even the majority of us would say that there are there's a lot of merit to having some rule and structure in society. We may, we may not always agree with all of our laws, but generally the law is a good thing. Laws are made to protect us, to help us. They make society safer, more just. It's a good thing in general. But sometimes, in our enthusiasm for the law, trying to make order out of our world, we as humanity can come up with some really strange laws. And the law can become something that it was never intended to be. And frankly, the results can be pretty funny. And so this morning... I wanted to share some things with you. I actually have a website, and I'm not going to give it to you right now because if I do that, you'll spend the next 20 minutes scrolling this website, and that is not helpful to me. So if you want it afterwards, I will give it to you. But this website is a database of all the ridiculous laws that exist in our world, okay? And so I'm going to share some of these with you because we sometimes think that the Bible is full of these ridiculous laws, and sometimes... If we're honest, it is. There are some strange things in there. But we as humans are fully capable of coming up with plenty of bizarre rules on our own. And so these are some of the rules that, believe it or not, are real and exist in the world that we live in. So I'm going to start in location. So Chicago, Illinois, humming on public streets is prohibited on Sundays. The law forbids eating in a place that is on fire in Chicago, Illinois. Some of you I see this morning live pretty close to Chicago, so Um, it is illegal to give a dog whiskey in Chicago. It is forbidden to fish. This is my favorite. It is illegal to fish while sitting on a giraffe's neck in Chicago, Illinois. Okay? Somebody tried that at one point. Alabama. It is illegal to wrestle a bear in Alabama. You may not have ice cream. This is more specific. You may not have an ice cream cone in your back pocket at any time in the state of Alabama. Arkansas, alligators may not be kept in bathtubs. Okay, My family has done this in another state. I will not say which side of my family. It's my wife's. Uh, Detroit, come in a little bit closer to home. Detroit, it is illegal to let your pig run free in Detroit unless it has a ring in its nose. Okay? And then my former city of St. Louis, Missouri, um, it is illegal to drink alcoholic beverages out of a bucket while sitting on a curb. Okay? So, don't do that either. Um, I'm all of these were written with really good intention at one time or another. There were probably practical reasons why those things were written. However, it would certainly seem 
that these laws over time have become something that they were never intended to be. And so Paul is talking about the law this morning, and he's talking about this fact that it is, is a good thing. It was meant to be a good thing, but somehow it has now become something that it was never meant to be. And in our passage, when Paul starts talking about the law, he says that the law was our guardian. Now, some of your translations say the law was our custodian. It was something that had custody of us. And in these verses, Paul's pretty clear that the law was something that restricted us. Depending on your translation, it even says that it was something that kept us locked up or even imprisoned until Christ came. So these are some pretty strong words that Paul uses to describe the law. And as Christians, we put a lot of weight in the words of the Apostle Paul. We believe that he wrote nearly half of our New Testament. So whenever he speaks, we pay attention. But when he talks about the law, we should, we should pay a little extra attention. Because prior to encountering Jesus... Paul is someone who built his entire life on the law. He had an incredible amount of respect for it. In fact, if we turn a few pages in our Bibles from Galatians to Philippians 3, he says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. So Paul knew this law better than anyone, but it's clear that he has now come to a place where he knows that life has to be about more than the legalistic rule following. He's been there, he's done that, he's tried it that way, and so Paul knew better than anyone that for many people, the law had become something it was never supposed to be. It was something that was bringing restriction and not bringing life. And the word that Paul uses here that we translate as guardian or custodian or tutor is pedagogos. Okay? And I know that Pastor Jeff is gone today, but that doesn't mean that we can't get our Greek word in today. So pedagogos, I know you want to say that. So one, two, three pedagogos okay so pedagogos refers to a servant this trustworthy servant who would have been someone similar to a nanny someone who would have helped get a child to school on time and safely they would have helped the child learn uh, their their manners and to help them do their chores to help them grow up in a lot of ways one of my favorite writers and theologians is N.T. Wright, and when he talks about this passage, he uses the idea of a babysitter to talk about the role of the law. Now, I want to say this morning, when, I, when Morgan and I get a babysitter for the night for the boys, we just simply hope that you will keep them alive. That is our, that is our base understanding of what is happening. We understand that this is a legitimate challenge. My, my five-year-old... Owen, he frequently says, hey, Dad, watch me try this. And then he climbs to the highest point he can get to and, and jumps off. So we understand that it's a low bar, but that's, that's okay. That's what we expect. We don't expect that when we leave the kids with a babysitter, we'll come, out, come home and find that they've gone skydiving or whitewater rafting or any of these things. The simple goal is that you will have kept our child or children safe for the night. And so when Paul calls the law our guardian, he's saying that its simple goal was to keep us safe, to take care of us, to keep us from hurting ourselves, to keep us on track. 
But it's also so interesting that Paul talks about the law as a guardian because a guardian, this pedagogos, was a temporary caregiver. And every parent hopes that at some point their children will become mature enough and old enough to go without the supervision of an adult. But the Jewish teachers, they never would have referred to the law as something that you could age out of or, or be freed from. The law, was, the law was where you found life. It was essential always. It's how you were kept clean. You would never grow out of the law. And so Paul's point is that with the coming of Jesus, Israel was invited to grow up and to grow beyond the law. Because with the arrival of Jesus and his kingdom, the goal was no longer for them to stay clean and safe. In Jesus, the goal was in a lot of ways to go and to get messy and to join Jesus in his mission of what he was doing in the world. In Jesus, people were to move beyond that letter of the law mentality, to go and to live out the heart of the law, to go and do the will of God in the world. There were no longer children who needed this caregiver who would give them clear borders and boundaries in jesus they were now to grow into people who broke just about every one of those categories and boundaries to go and share this good news that was for all people everywhere verse 25 says and now that the way of faith has come we no longer need the law as our guardian He's clear that we are to grow beyond this to something else. And so this morning, as we consider what all of this has to do with us today, there's some really good news for us in this. I told you we would finally get past this. Some good news. The second half of our passage, Paul pivots just a little bit. He starts talking about unity and equality. Okay, so uh, he starts talking about how those who are baptized in Christ are all part of the same family, and those in Christ are all children of God. And it, feel, it feels a little bit random because he's talking about the law over here. He starts talking about unity and equality over here. But these two are absolutely connected. And it's important because for so long, Israel had thought of themselves as different and special and separate. And they absolutely were. God had called them to be a people by which he would bless the entire world. But over time, at least, at least the leaders of, of the religious leaders, things had become a little bit different. Things had come to a place where they had a little bit of a superiority complex. They started to think of themselves as better and sometimes even look down their noses at others a little bit. And so in this passage, Paul is saying, not anymore. He's saying now that Christ has come and because of what Christ has done, we live in a kingdom where all are equal. Where all are invited, all are needed, all are valued. Verse 28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so the kingdom of God invites us to discard the categories that we can so easily place people in. Because where the law had become something that emphasized who was in and who was out, the way of faith that we find in Jesus emphasizes that all are welcome. And all are invited. In Matthew 23, in the Gospels, Jesus criticizes the teachers of the law and accuses them of shutting the door of the kingdom in people's faces. And so where the law had drifted to be something that excluded many, 
The kingdom that Jesus invites us to be a part of has doors that are now set wide open. And it's in our need for Jesus that we all find common ground with everyone. And so for Israel, they had always been the insiders. They knew who was in. They knew who was out. And so this was, this was challenging. Jesus was challenging all of this. And so this morning, I think what's challenging for many of us here this morning is that we, we tend to be the insiders. Many of us have been in church most, most of our life for a long time, and so we are the insiders. And so sometimes I think I and we need to be reminded that the gospel of Jesus is aggressive, that the kingdom of God has been opened to all people, people who are just like you and I and people who are absolutely nothing like you and I. And I don't think we even have to go outside the walls of this place to see this, do we? I hope that I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know this morning. But sometimes in the church, we are very, very different than one another. We can be an odd group, especially when we're all mixed together. But there is something beautiful about the fact that on a Sunday morning, we may not have anything in common, but we come together because in Christ, we are all one. It takes our differences and sets them aside because in Jesus, we are on the same level. I read a book a while back um, called Growing Young, and it's really a conversation about how the church can connect with the next generation. And some of their research findings were really interesting. They found that young people care a lot less about polished worship sets or a big light show or impressive worship spaces than maybe we might assume that they would. But it's interesting, the thing that they consistently found that young people care about in church and just in life in general is, gen, is, a, is just genuine community. They want a church that genuinely loves all people, serves all people, values everyone equally. One of my favorite stories in this section of the book talked about a church in New York City where a homeless man and a nationally respected surgeon sat in the same pew for 10 years because they believe these words that Paul wrote in Galatians, that in Christ there is no difference between us all. Under the law, we had these clear borders and boundaries. You knew what to expect. There was an understanding of who was in, who was out. And you may have even seen yourself as better under the law. But Paul says, not anymore. So what does all this mean for us today? What does it change? Because I would guess that here this morning or watching online, very few of us spend a lot of time concerning ourselves with keeping that Old Testament law meticulously. If you do that, I would love to talk with you. That would be a really interesting conversation. But this morning, I do think that we still find a way to be pretty good at determining who is in and who is out. And maybe you disagree with this this morning, but we live in a world that rarely encourages us to find common ground with other people. We kind of live in a society that encourages extremes, and, and you hold on to your opinion on a polarized spectrum, and you're way over here, and you dismiss the people who are over here. And I know that social media can amplify this. It gives us, for whatever reason, a little bit more ability to be aggressive about it. We, we like the things that we like. We like the people that we like. 
and we block the people and the things that we don't. There's not a lot of room for for dissonance and respectful disagreement in our world. And this is something Paul says we cannot do. We cannot categorize people away. He says that there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So if we believe that this morning, it means as far as Jesus is concerned, There is no difference between the foreigner and the citizen. There is no difference between the upper class and the poor. There's no difference between the political parties. There's no difference depending on your race. I think it's worth noting this morning that the church should be leaps and bounds ahead of society in addressing racism. Because we believe these words, all are equal in Christ. We should be leading the conversation of racism in our country and in the world. I think it's also interesting to recognize the significance of Paul's statement about gender here. He says, there is no difference between male and female in the kingdom of God. This is interesting and humbling. In in Jewish traditions, there were times where Jewish males would thank God in their prayers that they were not born a Gentile or a female. That sounds crazy to us. It also makes us cringe a little bit and maybe blush. But Paul is saying that there is no longer room for this in the kingdom of God because all are valued, all are needed. And so in the Church of the Nazarene, we celebrate that we encourage women to be leaders and teachers and preachers because all of the voices are needed. Of course, this does not mean that people are not different, that people don't come from different perspectives and have different backgrounds and different histories. All those things are true, but it does mean That in Jesus, in the eyes of Jesus, there is no difference. I love when N.T. Wright suggests, in the kingdom of God, there is no longer room for the traditional distinctions that divide mankind. Living under the law meant that you knew who was in, who was out. It was clean, it was ordered. Things were a little bit more simple. But now the doors of the kingdom have swung open so that everyone is invited and there is no difference. So this morning we are going to close. As we close, I want to celebrate a way that I believe that this church, Cross Community Church, wants to live out this passage. This week we announced our fall small groups, okay? And those are open. You can sign up for those digitally. You can come next week. Deidre talked about our expo that we're having next week. Come learn more from our teachers. Get that information. We want you to be a part of those. We're excited. But in our passage this morning, Paul is pretty clear that we are to grow beyond where we are right now. We are to grow beyond this guardianship. We are to embrace this way of faith that Jesus brings, that that stretches us, that causes us to grow, to understand that this kingdom is reaching to all people everywhere. And we believe that these groups will help us do that. We believe that they will help us to grow. But we also believe um, that this is going to be an opportunity for us to build genuine community in our church. So they're going to bring all kinds of people from all different perspectives, all different places, into groups together. And we think that that is beautiful and that that is important. And so we're excited for the community that will come out of these things. The other thing that we prioritized when we built these groups was that we had enough of them. 
because we believe these words of Paul that suggest that all are welcome, all are invited. And so we made sure that there was room for everyone to engage and be a part. So we want you to do this. We want you to be a part of small groups. We want to be a church that is growing together and experiencing this kind of genuine fellowship together. So we want to be a church that can model this kind of Jesus for the world, this good news of Jesus that all are invited so that we remember that these borders and boundaries have been broken and that the doors of the kingdom have been opened. And that means that ours have to be too. Paul says, now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian because Jesus has called us to more, to so much more. He's invited us, all of us, to a kingdom where all are welcome, all are needed. It's a kingdom that calls us beyond where we are right now to a place where we remember that his love is aggressive and it's going to all and it's growing and all people are invited. And so that's the prayer, that we would be a church where the community is embracing that kind of a kingdom together at Cross Community Church. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being a God who brought this kind of kingdom to us that is good news for all people. And so this morning I pray that if we feel like insiders, our eyes would be open to see people who might be very, very different from us through the eyes of of, of you and your love and your grace that you have for them. God, if we feel like outsiders this morning, I pray that we would come to know that Jesus that crossed every boundary so that he could get to us. God, may we continue to find ways to grow in love for you and for others. We thank you for the opportunity to be your children. In your name I pray. Amen. Let me send you with this blessing this morning. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you to more is faithful, and he will do it. Go in his peace. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here this morning. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.